Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. Hey, it's your host, Matt Browning. And this week, this week, we have a really, really special treat just for you. Every week I come with an amazing entrepreneur, a really cool origin story, you know, someone that we can all learn from, be inspired by. This week is no exception, except we have bonus because this week I have my business partner, my friend, someone I just love dearly in life. We do business together, we are crushing it, and she is running her own businesses as well as our partnership together. We're gonna talk all things business, partnership, and the content of our business is 10X Advantage Speaking, how to speak your way to more business. Welcome, Jen Koffel. She's the CEO, well, you know, hi, Jen, how are you? Are you still there? I'm doing great. It's yeah, great to see you. It's always good to see you too. We're, we're on Zoom like all the time because you're in Chicago. I'm in Grand Rapids as we record this. We're a three-hour drive away and we've been in the same room a few times, but by and large, we run the whole business over Zoom. Is that weird? Are you getting used to that? I'm totally used to it. <laughs> I do love being with you though in person. Yeah. It's- a totally nice energy to be together, but yeah, I feel I could feel you through the Zoom. Yeah, we still, I still, I still got something through the Zoom, but yeah, there is something special. Like when you did the Engaging Speakers Conference uh, mm-hmm. last fall, a few what six months before COVID, um, that was really fun times. I drove around the lake and hung out in Chicago. Well, guys, let me tell you real quick a little bit about Jen because she's not just an amazing person and kind and awesome and a huge heart. She also is the CEO of Engaging Speakers. She's a, a successful business coach in her own right, has made lots of money for herself and her clients. She's a best-selling author with four books. She's a philanthropist. I can One day, one day, my kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Hall, is going to be real proud that I'm going to learn how to say that word. <laughs> okay, moving on. You've also, Jen's been featured on Inc.com, ABC. BC News, Chicago Tribune. She's been mentored by speaking icons like Jack Canfield, Nick Vucicic. I can say Nick Vucicic, but uh, I can't say anyway. Philanthropy. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Sandra Yancey of eWomen Network. And you've spoken on stage in front of over 10,000 people, two decades of business experience. And you've built, this is one of my favorite stats of you, Jen. You've built four different businesses in different industries, all to over six figures each. And each one of them, you've done that in under one year, which, I mean, you're blowing the SBA records out of the water for small business success. And you do, and you've also you you have a whole hand in um, network marketing. You've built one of the the largest team in the entire state of Illinois for a very large uh, billion dollar direct sales company, generating over twenty five million dollars in sales, and the best part, raising over a million dollars in donations for nonprofits, all through you and your sales team. You are incredible, and I can't believe I pinch myself almost every day that I get to be in business with someone like you. Um, when you, so thank you for being awesome and thank you for being you. 
why what is the biggest thing after all these years of business what's one of the the biggest emotional drivers for you at this point in your life you know you've you've been through it all you've seen so much you've helped so many people you've made the money all that stuff what keeps you waking up and doing business today well for me it's really about making an impact and it's about being able to give back like my biggest dream is to be able to abundantly live on 10% and Come give on. away 90% like i really do want to be able to be in a place where I could be as absolutely generous as I want and feel led to be um, with my time, my talents, and my resources. And so I really love to make money for the purpose of making an impact and making a difference and being able to meet needs. I'm actually brought to tears whenever I watch somebody step into what they were created to do and watch them like live that dream and, and do it. I mean, I can get completely like tears flowing from watching the voice or American idol, or I even just watched a YouTube story today that I was in tears this morning with somebody that really just stepped into their passion and their dream and did what she left a whole world behind, like a university city living and like went and lived in this really remote place with five or 10 people because she loved nature and she wanted to create. And then what she went on to create from that was incredible. She has like 3.5 million um, YouTube followers. She's now like going to sell like for the first time she has Ikea buying one of her um, art pieces that she created. And like she lives in literally like with five or 10 people and like her story is amazing. Her content's amazing. And who would think that you could have a dream of wanting to live in this remote place and just be loving nature and create this incredible life and business around that. But it's like the power of following your passion. So I'm really drawn to just igniting in people like what is their passion, which is why I love what we do with 10X Advantage like really helping people to find what is your passion? What's your core genius? What did God create you to do? And then, you know, at your core, and then what did you go and study and become an expert in and then put those two things together and, and create your life around that. And so I'm just super inspired by that. I love to be part of that. And you know, that word philanthropy, I know it's hard for you to say, but I love, I'll let you giving. Say I love giving and I love, um, I know the power of like what, what resources can do and how that can ignite and make dreams a reality. So that's really what gets me excited about just continuing to move forward. I love that feeling that I get when I know God's used me to meet a need and like to not just like with money, but also with ideas or strategies or sure. talents or things like that. Well, I, I love to, I love your financial goal of not just living on 10%, but abundantly living on mm -hmm. 10%. Um, it's a very powerful goal because, you know, we're taught in, in many religions and, and elsewhere, right? To give 10% or 10, bring 10% to tithe, so 10%, but to live on 10%. And realize mm -hmm. in order to live on 10%, I have to make a boatload of money because I get to give 90. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take that on too. I love that. I've never taken Again, it I on mean, exactly. I, every day I say, but this is where it's tied to, like, this is the emotion tied to it. I say, I'm Help so me. happy and grateful now that I'm earning an excess of $10 million a month from multiple revenue streams in a calm, confident, and heavenly way. I say that over and over and over again. And what I, what like inspires oh, me, what inspires me like emotionally is, yeah, I could totally live abundantly on a million dollars a month. I mean, I don't even know I would do it a million dollars a month, but I would totally live abundantly on that. That and is for sure. I'm, I honestly, I wanted to fly around in a private jet. Like I really want I could smell the leather in the private jet. Like I have no, I don't think there's anything wrong with um, having wealth. I, but I, I want to have that level so that I can be completely free 
to be able to do everything and anything that God leads me to do. Like only be limited in what he limits me and not in my, my own thought limitations. Yeah. And you're, and you're actually combining wealth and generosity, which makes perfect sense to me and you. But I think a lot of people in the world ha have thought that's an either or, right? It's like, that's the shadow boxing of, well, if I'm going to be wealthy, I have to be greedy. And if I'm going to be generous somehow, I don't know what people think, but it's like, oh, if you're going to be generous, you don't have much money. Or if you're wealthy, you have to give a certain amount or whatever it is. I just love the idea of growing enough wealth. And it's look, it's up to me. I can do whatever I want with my money. But if I want to choose to be generous and give like no one else, I'm going to give like no one else. And if in the process, I want a private jet. Um, you know, I just want to speak to the cancel culture, you know, the people in the world. It's like, listen, if I'm giving more money than most people make in a year, and I want to go buy something nice for myself, it's funny how sometimes the vultures, right, will come out and it's like they're trying to speak against that and they feel like well because you make money now it's my job to tell you how much you should give with it even though i probably don't give anything i find it fascinating i delete those conversations as quickly as possible and i love the idea of, of just growing wealth to be generous and you and i are doing a lot to grow wealth together um, we both have our independent businesses and we've been in business and, and done speaker training and entrepreneur coaching and all sorts of different businesses. I know you've done, a, I would call you a serial entrepreneur. Would that be fair to a fair assessment? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, what was your very first business? Can you share a little bit of that story with everybody? I know you've done yeah. uh, driving business and you've done direct sales businesses and you've, you've done it all and, uh, to your lollipops for, for kids in the hospitals. Mm -hmm. I would call that a business, even though it's a ministry. What was your very first business? Tell us the story. My first business was teaching people with disabilities how to drive. So I was an occupational therapist. That's what I had got a degree in. And I really loved the idea of like becoming an expert in something versus like a lot of occupational therapy we're taught like you know work with babies all the way to elderly you're kind of a jack of all trades master of none is you know you learn a lot about a little bit of a lot a lot of things but i really wanted to specialize and so i I became a state licensed driving instructor and I also became a certified driver rehab specialist. And then I opened a private practice in Illinois and it was one of 11 driver rehab specialists in the state. And I opened a practice that was not hospital based. Um, so every other program was um, part of a hospital program. And so I just opened up something independently where I could um, actually go to people's homes. I figure if they can't drive, um, it would be nice to be able to bring that service to them. <laughs> and so um, that I didn't start out that way. Um, when I start, when I opened it, I was having people come to my my place. I opened like a two thousand square foot facility, but then I quickly saw that was a big need. Was like travel to get to me, and so I started incorporating that. Drive yet? How do I get to the driving exactly. place? That yeah, they'd have their sense. just like they have like people take them to doctor's appointments. They have family and friends and things like that. But I thought, you know, I think they really do want to have the opportunity to be able to drive around their home because it's interesting. People who drive around their home, they could drive better because they're familiar with the area. So. In Illinois, at least we could limit their driving privileges to a certain number of miles around the house so they could actually maintain independence longer. I love that. Yeah. So I, I built that business to six figures in less than 12 months. And I, in that whole time, I was really pursuing having children. Like I was, I'd been dealing with infertility for six years. And once I finally, um, I, we adopted our first child and we did in vitro and had twins and the twins, um, I got pregnant with twins five months after the adoption. And in that time is when I said I, have to, I need to sell the business because I really wanted to be home with the kids. And so that's what I did. I sold that practice. And I thought that what I sold it for would be enough money that we could live on that along with my husband working full-time, but um, adoption's expensive and vitros and fertility treatment's expensive. Kids for are sure. expensive. And I went through the money really fast. And so with a two-year-old, one-year-old twins and pregnant, we were broke. Like we were a thousand dollars short on our bills every month. And I had four, I had three little ones and I was pregnant. I thought, what am I going to do? 
like the it was like those credit cards were starting to snowball. There was no pay, way to pay that off. There was, you know, if I didn't get another, if I didn't get a job, which then I thought about who's going to watch all these kids, how much is going to cost for daycare, I'm going to need to start another business. So that's how I actually got introduced to network marketing. I clicked on an ad back in dial up of internet, no way. <laughs> working from home, you know, and I was like, okay, what is this about? And I listened to some conference call and I had never heard of network marketing. And so when I learned about it, I, you know, actually just treated it like a traditional business and- um, shocker. You did what most people don't do in network marketing, right? Yeah. And so I just like picked a target market, which were moms. I, I came up with like a plan, like moms helping moms work from home. And I just started marketing that and did all kinds of things that nobody ever heard of <laughs> that in network marketing and really treated it like a business. And I, I made like millions of dollars in that. And I, I mean, it was a great place for me to discover like really what one of my real passions was, which was um, teaching other people how to grow businesses. Like that's really where I've discovered my, my gift in helping people with their businesses and helping them to grow their businesses. And so that's where I started a, out of that, I started a business coaching practice. It's incredible. You know, you probably know Mary Kay Ash's story that founded Mary Kay. Oh yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I wrote about it in my book, Firebox. What you're saying is like, you're the person Mary Kay started Mary Kay for, right? She was like, literally not just, oh, I want to, how do I market makeup? You know, the story is how I want to help wives and mothers. And, you know, at the time, right, it's like, I want to help someone who's quote unquote stuck at home to be able to contribute and have independence as well, to be able to have finances, and a lot of them were in, in negative situations and it's like you're beholden now. And now there's there's responsibility and there's independence and there's success. And all of a sudden you're bringing something to the table and you can do it while you're raising your kiddos. And uh, just kudos to you. Like I'm, I'm so proud of you. Like really, like uh, over the decades now, you know, that you've been doing all this kind of work, um, you just never cease to amaze it. You're, you really are an inspiration, Jen. That is awesome. As you grow in this, now you you figured out multiple different businesses and industries. Let's talk about kind of the genesis of when is the right time? Well, for you, but then also maybe for anyone listening, when is the right time to move from like business owner, uh, doer of services, let's say, to an expert or a coach in that space? You know, when's the right time to go, if you're an accountant, to go from being an accountant to maybe teaching accountants or having an accounting online course or speaking, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and I think right now there's people that are jumping into that expertise before they're an expert, but there's also people that have been an expert for a long time and, and don't realize there's a whole nother world out there called the expert industry where you could be a great plumber, own a plumbing business, but you could have a whole nother business just teaching you know, plumbing business processes or marketing or whatever you're great at. When do you feel like is the right time to move into that expert space? I think there's a couple different ways to think about that. Like I know traditionally expert title is given anybody that's spent at least 10,000 hours doing something. There we go. So if, you're, well. if you're working, you know, 40 hour work weeks, that's five years, you know, and on average hmm. of having that history of expertise, like, so 10,000 hours of actually in that trade or that expertise. Um, and then you could give yourself like that title of expert before that, I would say you're maybe more of a specialist. Um, maybe not have the expert title, um, if you want to think of it that way. But I think the biggest thing is results. You know, if you have done something and you really can demonstrate repeated results and you can teach others to do that and demonstrate that you can duplicate those results, then I think that that is giving you the credibility and not be in that imposter kind of place, you know, where a lot of people deal with that imposter syndrome. And so I think it may not 
take five years. I mean, it could be, it, it may not, it may, it, but it really does. I think what does need to happen, because I, to your point, Matt, I've seen a lot of people get hurt by hiring people that are really not yet, you know, at that place where they are. I've seen a lot of people get hurt financially by hiring the people that are not yet really at a place where they, I agree. you know, should necessarily be in that position. But if you, if you have the results and you've proven you can duplicate the results, I think that's, I feel like the more important thing to, to look at versus the amount of hours. I think you nailed it because I, I run into a lot, you know, I, I, I love snowboarding. I haven't snowboarded in a while actually since I moved to Michigan, but I do love it. And I can't tell you, it's like every friend that doesn't snowboard, but tried it once has the same exact story. My buddy took me up and said, let's go snowboarding. And they took him up the chairlift to the double black diamond. And they said, how do you do this? Didn't even teach me how to get in a chairlift. And then what do they say? You know the story, right? Oh, you just aim your nose down and just go, bro. And then they go down and then I'll see you at the bottom and then they tumble and fall their way down. And then they end yeah. up nursing a hot chocolate, maybe spiked in the lobby for the rest of the day. And that's a classic example of an expert who isn't a teacher or a coach, you know, just because someone can get a result doesn't mean it's duplicatable. And yeah. like, to your point, I think you need both of those aspects. Can you get the result yourself? Because, you know, when I was in high school, I had a gym teacher who was overweight, economics teacher who was broke, and we went to a marriage and family counselor who was divorced. And I'm not saying that it's impossible to have it, you know, we're all human, but there's something about the congruency of can you eat your own cooking and you eat your own cooking. You know, right. uh, one of those expressions from the South, apparently, but you eat your own <laughs> cooking, right? You have literally, you speak your way to more business. You've grown your businesses through speaking and stages and sharing your story, your signature talk. And you, and we've done this together for the last year and a half now, almost two years, separately and individually in our business, we have been coaching and teaching people how to do that. And they've gotten the same results. So I feel like without tooting our own horn, you know, here, you do embody both of those things. Um, do you feel like, I don't know how to answer or ask this, but do you feel like there's an easy way to know if you have teaching chops? Like say you can get a result. How do you know if you're a good coach or a good teacher? Do you just get out there and just throw it against the wall, see if it sticks? Or is there a better way to approach it? I think it's finding the target market that you want to serve and then finding people in that, that you could gift your services to prove that you can bring the results. So I think that's a really good way to start is find some people that you can offer to mentor. And, and that's oftentimes I think a distinctions between like mentoring that. and coaching is like mentoring is something that you might often find. This isn't true all the time, but um, that people will do for free. And coaching is something that typically coaching, consulting people will get paid for. Just go and offer to mentor and help somebody that is your ideal client that you would like to eventually get paid to and get some testimonials and, and prove that you can duplicate your results. Yeah. I, I think too, when you go through that process, your systems, procedures, steps, if you will, they'll start to unpack themselves. Like if I tried to, before I'd ever coached anyone to speaking, if I try, if someone's like, Hey Matt, you, you speak for a living. Like can you teach me how to do it. I would, you know, I would either go, where do I start? Or I'd be a fire hose taking a drink, right? Where I would, Oh, you gotta have this. And the, and I would just start to unload all the things that I do. And, and some of them may be helpful. Some of them may be like almost accidental. Like, Oh, I, ha I wear a white shirt. You know, that's what I do. And they're like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta wear a white shirt. Well, you don't but that's something I do. And it's not necessarily part of the teaching, 
But mentoring someone and taking the time for those first clients, I think it's really useful that as you start just teaching people things, your brain will start to like organize, at least my brain does, that's part of my superpower. But my brain will start to organize the content and go, oh, well, maybe there's three principles here or I think there's probably four phases that you need to develop yourself as a speaker or whatever the number is or the case may be, right? Um, do you find that structuring what you teach and kind of breaking it down, not content, but structure wise, do you find that easy and natural or is that something you had to work at being able to do when you teach other people what you know? I remember being challenged by a coach. I. I've now built five, actually it's five businesses to six figures each in less than 12 I, months. I don't want to go and update your bio on every but, website, Jen. <laughs> I, I bring it up because it was the third business that I did it. And yeah. somebody was a coach with me and she said to me, you really need to like, to your point, what you're saying right now, like dissect your methodology, like really look at like, what are you doing in order yeah. to have, cause you're doing something. And I kind of said, well, it's just the way I think, you know, just what you were just saying, well, it's just the way I think that's just my superpower. And she challenged me. She's like, no, I really think that if you spend some time with this, that you can actually pay attention to and really mind map it out. Like, what is it that you did? There's a pattern. There's a recipe. Yeah. And if you can identify what that is, then that's teachable to other people. And, and that will allow you to be able to duplicate this. And that was a really powerful exercise. Like at first, you know, you're, it's a great question you're asking. Like, I thought I do not have any idea how I'm going to do this, but it's like just making the decision, you know what? Okay. Yes. I believe that, you know, belief inspires action. So I believed her like that made sense. And so then I started taking the action of really just uh, looking at, okay, what is it that I do? Like, if I think back to these, those three businesses, what is it I did repeatedly? That's the same thing I'm, you know, doing over and over again. And, and eventually I, I did come up with that framework. And so I created a blueprint out of it. You know, how do you build a business of six figures in less than 12 months? And then now you actually have a blueprint and people can follow. It's like step by yeah. step. And, and what's neat about blueprints and structure too is I talked about structure and content. And what we both know is that content can change. Like if you're helping someone build a tech business versus a pharmaceutical business versus a, a consulting business or a restaurant, the content of what you need to do for like client acquisition or prospecting or marketing or sales is going to change, but the structure itself is always going to be the same. You're still right. going to follow the same blueprint no matter what the industry is. And yes. It's pretty incredible. What are some of the industries that you've worked on and helped people with speaking? I know you've had clients from kind of across the gambit, right? Yeah. I mean, from the medical to the technical, to the farming, to the, I mean, every like network marketing to coaches to, I mean, every single corporate professionals in that, to your point, like what you just said is so true. Like for me, like in that process, speaking is the most powerful strategy. And when you think of any business marketing and sales is right. Those are two primary drivers. If you're not marketing sales, that business isn't going to succeed. And so speaking is that one thing that will work for any business, you know, whether you have a product business or you have a service business, speaking is a super powerful strategy. And since that's what we do together for a living, let's, let's kind of move into that conversation too. And this is, it's fun for me right now doing this because this is something that we, I feel like in a way it's easy. We, we probably, I'll speak for myself. I can take it for granted that speaking makes sense. 
that, you know, it's like, of course you're going to grow your business through speaking because that's how I grew my business. You know, when I started off as a life coach, you know, my story, I spent over, yeah. almost two years and I made $900 as a coach in, in 20 months, nearly two years. And the reason is, is I was going to networking events and seminars and I was handing out business cards. I'm a coach. I'm a coach. And I told all my real estate clients at the time, you know, I do life coaching. And they're like, uh, sure you do, Matt. Like, cause they knew me as a real estate person. So I'm a, I'm a real estate expert, but I'm trying to do life coaching advice. It just didn't fit. The, the big breakout for me was when I went to Australia for the first time and spoke on stage in front of 400 people. And I was like, wait a minute, if I speak in front of people, now I have a, the chance to connect, bring in expertise, teach, and then they see me as the authority in the space. And now they want to learn from me and they want to take part of my programs, product services. So it just, I mean, for me, it, no one had to convince me. I tried everything for two years and ended up losing my, my house. I'm living in a trailer. You know my story. I don't need to tell that whole thing. But I was like destitute because I was trying to market my business like a regular life coach. When I started speaking, all of a sudden the tables flipped and clients were flooding in. I mean, almost literally like they were, I, I, I had to fight off to find, you know, I had to expand real fast and hire people and, and my calendar got full really quick. And it was 100% because I was getting booked on stage. What was your first kind of business eye-opening experience with speaking um, to grow your business and clientele? When did that really hit for you? It really hit when... I learned how to. So I was so, I'm just so <laughs> engaged in what you're talking about. And I'm like, man, you must have like got, because you are an incredible speaker. And I don't know, I we haven't actually talked a lot about like where you got your speaker training from, but I remember listening to you and thought, oh my God, what am I doing? I have no reason, no, I have no place teaching people how to speak after listening. But it's been super fun to partner with you because you have like incredible skills that I feel like are like your strengths are definitely my weaknesses. So it's been so fun. And vice versa in fairness. But I put people like, so my first experience was I, I actually put a man to sleep. I mean, he was sleeping <laughs> in the front row and I was like, thank God he's in the front row because nobody else knows. Like I put him to sleep. And I was like thinking to myself, as I was looking at him, like you really have to get some training on this because you literally put somebody to sleep. Then he started snoring and the whole entire room knew he was sleeping. And that was really embarrassing. I was like, oh my gosh. And, it, and it's true. Like I had very monotone. I still have to pay attention to this. In fact, even now I'm working on it. Like I'm actually to like this past week, I've been working on speaking from like my core and from an emotion, like yes. even practicing, like, I love you and saying it angry, like actually like feeling the emotion of anger and then saying, I love you like 10 different ways in an, in an angry way, 10 different ways in terms of pace, in terms of, um, the emotion, like trying different emotions. Like I'm still working on it because oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Like I, I recognize that, you know, we're always learning and growing and I can get better and better. And I want to really connect with people at a deep level. Cause that's where the amazing, that's where those results, like what you experienced when you first started speaking, a lot of people that do go out speaking entrepreneurs, they don't get that experience. They don't get that whole bunch of people. They get, thank you, Matt. That was great information. And because they go. get up and they start speaking on their process, they don't get up and start like, they don't understand how to speak. And I didn't either. I was boring. I was monotone. I was fully teaching. I was like, and not that we don't teach because we teach a lot when we speak, but we do it in a way that's inspiring, that's engaging, that people like want to connect with us more 
right? And there, there's a design to that, that I don't, you know, I know we teach that, but I don't know that entrepreneurs just generally think about that. They just think I, I, I should stand up and, and share my process, but that's not really what. Right. Or, or if I have a product to. business, it's like, I want to share about my product. And it becomes an infomercial, you know, where it's like, let me share about my product. And nobody wants to hear about your product. Even like on the on the radio show right now, I get pitches all the time, multiple every single day from PR agencies. Some of them are good, but the ones that are horrible always do the same thing. They go, hey, I have a client and they own this business and they create this amazing water and they do all these great things. And we want to come on your show and talk about how great their water product is. And I'm like, I don't want you to come on my show and tell everyone how great your product is. Everybody wants to do that. What I want is you to come on the show and share stories and teach and inspire and actually give the audience something. And if you can use your program product service, you know, as a example base, right, as the metaphor, so to speak, to teach them something, that's a whole other ballgame. You know, to that point, like the product is the solution, right? So what are they passionate about? And then they position at the end, the product as a solution to whatever the talk content was. But yeah, don't, you can't get up and do a presentation to sell, you know, that's not going to work. So, you know, that's going to, I mean, you're not going to get invited very many places ever to do that anyway. But I think there is a lot to, there's so much power in it. But it's like, it's kind of like what the rest of the entrepreneurial experience, right? It's like, if somebody actually shows you how to do it, then you can be super effective at it. But left to your own devices, like how, what you think you should do and what you should do, sometimes the sequencing, the, the method isn't actually effective. And, and a lot of entrepreneurs I know feel that way. Like they just feel like they see all these different things that could be done and they, they get a little bit confused and they start doing things just because this worked for somebody else, but it doesn't mean it's, you know, they're just not doing it in the, the same sequence or the, or the right way for their business, you know? Yeah. What was the first business or the first kind of money that came from you speaking? So, and here's why I asked that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, I think in the business world, you, you think about speaking separately than business. It's like, oh, I do a business and then, hey, I want to become a speaker one day, or I don't want to be a speaker or that. What do you know? You, you, they think of like a paid keynote speaker. I travel like a stand-up comedian. Like I'm going to travel mm-hmm. around the world and speak at corporations. That is one of a gazillion potential formats for speaking and type of speaking career. What we're teaching is that any business owner of any type of business should have speaking as one of their marketing tools or legs or a prospecting leg, right? You're going to use speaking to grow the business. You're not going to become a quote unquote, you know, speaker, although you could if you want. So can you share kind of some some insight into how did you not as a paid speaker, but how did you use speaking in a particular business to grow that business? Like what you talked about the man to sleep, kind of what happened next as you started figuring that out? Well, I started um, seeing the results of, you know, if you ever see people like, you know, in a room, I get the line of people wanting to talk with them at the end, like starting to see that happen and, you know, filling up my calendar, getting more sales, getting more consult. I mean, it's just everything changed. What what was the business that you were promoting at the time? So the first business was driver's rehab. Like I used speaking. You spoke to, I didn't know that. So you spoke to grow driver's rehab. Yeah. Like every business that I, well, I mean, for there, I would go and speak to therapists. I would go into hospitals. I would go to, there was something called, um, there was like a, a government agency that would do, voc- it's called vocational rehab. And so the state would, you know, give funding actually. So I would go and speak to the vocational rehab specialist and share about the services and like how we could help their, wow. their, 
people that they were, you know, kind of overseeing, be able to get jobs because then they could drive. And so I, I use speaking to market in every single one of the businesses, which is why I'm so passionate about, because it's been like, how did I build all those businesses in less than 12 months? Every single one of them has been through speaking, but putting somebody to sleep right away. <laughs> was a really quick way. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm, I'm tend to be soft-spoken and I, and I think back to like, you know, my, I, I was definitely super monotone and I, like I was saying with you, I still, you have to really pay attention to not being monotone. And I wouldn't call you, I wouldn't call your, your, that default monotone. You know what I imagine mm-hmm. how you probably were when you, in the beginning speaking, I imagine sitting across from a table from you at mm-hmm. a cafe, having tea and like chatting and like, you know, connecting and sharing stories. I'd imagine that, which is amazing, but then you can't translate that same ambiance onto the stage and captivate people, can you? No. I feel like for you, and just knowing you as well as I do, it's like you were bringing the the tenderness and the realness that you are in a one-on-one conversation and then going on a platform. And if you're that same place, then yeah, someone gets to sleep because they're not in that conversation. There's mm-hmm. a whole different level that you need to create. And you've obviously been able to do that very well. We have our different styles, but we both follow the same principles that we teach in 10X Advantage, right? And story. I think that that's been a big thing that I didn't do much of, you know, I really, that was something I had to really begin to incorporate right away was the power of story. Yeah. You know, story is what sells stories, what inspire and stories are what, you know, will attract your ideal clients and highlight your expertise in a classy way. So you don't have to like promote yourself. You know, your story actually promotes you mm-hmm. and you're in, in the, the impact that you're making and your work that you're doing. So stories, I think was another piece that was really missing. I was like teaching, I was like educating <laughs> and, um, and I wasn't really like following any type of real design. I was just getting up and educating and not really hadn't really learned that with those elements. Yeah. Then there, there's, it's fun though. It's really fun. Isn't it? Like when we help people to do that and see like the total change, like they go from creating all these different talks and PowerPoints and wasting all this time and getting those results to like oh, having God. a waiting list and, and just seeing their whole life start to change. You know, it's so, so rewarding. I just love speaking as well. It's, mm-hmm. it's something in, in, as we're recording this, right, we're getting into summer 2021. So as everyone probably knows, you know, you're almost a year and a half ish, you know, into out of the pandemic time and, and in our business, because speaking has been a primary driving force for prospecting to sales. A lot of stuff has shut down. Um, we've been on zoom nonstop as we are right now, but I just realized, you know, Jen, I woke up just this week and we haven't talked for, I mean, what a week and a half, maybe I'm like, I'm jonesing for a meeting with you. Uh, cause I just, I always leave so inspired and, and you know, there's a lot that like we're moving towards, but I just woke up and realized, man, I events are back. Events are coming. There's events this fall, live events. And I realized I actually fell into the trap of being one of the people that got complacent and used to being home all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. To the point where my wife Lola's like, Hey, I said, I think I want to go into the office and, and work a little bit. And she's like, you know, you can do that as much as you want. <laughs> Big smiles. Like you can leave again because we got in a rhythm where like, I, you know, I'm home and I'm you know full-time like husband and father, but yeah. we really got in a rhythm of me being gone for weekends or gone for a couple of days at a time. And, and it was actually a good thing. So I'm excited to get back out and start speaking again and getting, you know, Let's get more prospecting. Let's find new people. Let's get that fresh blood of people we can help and impact and start transforming. Um, as we kind of wind down in our time here, I love, again, speaking to grow the business. What would you say to somebody who still at this point thinks that 
I'm not a quote unquote speaker, or I don't think that's for me because I just, you know, run my XYZ business. Should everybody speak? I really believe we all do it anyway. And communication is key, right? So we need to be able to introduce ourselves and that's something you do in every time you network. So that's super critical. We do Facebook lives. I think once you learn like what we give them and that signature talk, they can deconstruct it and use it on all their social media. They could use it in their consultations to get yeses. Like just the process that they receive and going through that design and building it out gives them so many ways to um, actually use it in multiple different ways. So I, I would say you're doing it anyway. It's just, are you, are you like I was initially like really boring? you know, or are you really like seeing results? You know, is it, you're getting a lot of, thank you. That was great information. Or are you getting a lot of people booking to have conversations with you and growing your business? And, and that's, what's available. I believe to any entrepreneur It's just like, these are simple things that once you learn them, you're going to use them for your entire business career. You know, it's just something you won't have to from a 30 second hello at a networking event to the elevator to speaking on a big stage to someone calls your office and says, I want to talk to you about a muffler. You're going to use that, right? Like the storytelling. And one thing I will say that you've taught me, Matt, that I think is also missed. Oh, hello. Is that is this whole element of prestige. Let's talk about that. Yeah. I think that's a really big one that a lot of us that are in this entrepreneurial space that kind of go into what we go into, we go into it um, because we are really wanting to help, right? Essentially. And so there's a lot of humility that I find a lot of entrepreneurs have as well. And this idea of like, prestige. And um, I personally pushed back from that. I know for many years when I first became an entrepreneur, I was successful. Like I just never recognized how important that was. And and then I started to kind of warm up that, yeah, it is important. Yeah, it is important. And then when you and I started working together, it really drove home for me, like how much acceleration, I mean, even the success that I had until I like fully embraced that, and I didn't really see like how much acceleration that I bring into like even a successful business. So whether somebody is just starting out or they're, they've had a measure of success and they're not really like letting the world know, um, and they're, and they're kind of hiding behind that or not. Like, I mean, I hid behind a lot of it for like a super long time. Um, why, why do you think it is that, that people have such a hard time? Like, do they see it as bragging yeah, and egotistical yeah. and, you know, prideful yes. and that kind of thing? You think that's the conversation? Yeah. I mean, that was what I felt like, you know what? I don't need to brag about, I don't need to tell everybody, I don't need to brag. but you know what? The thing that you, you helped me to see was, you know, it is in its own self. It's a very powerful marketing strategy. You know, like you actually, like, if you want to market your business and generate leads, I would say hands down speaking is, you know, the, the tool that I use, but then honestly, this past couple of years, it's also been prestige. Yeah. Like that is something that I had I didn't put it in a, in a framework of this is marketing. There you go. Yeah. And, but it really is attractive. You know, prestige is what attracts people faster because what is speaking events to get to know, like, and trust somebody, right? That's the fastest way to get to know and trust someone is hear them speak. I mean, that's what I see happen, but prestige also does that. Like it automatically creates a no, like, and trust, even if you don't know them. <laughs> especially, you know, especially if you don't know them because it's, it's right. a one way conversation. Hey, yeah. let's make let's make a definition of formula right now. Let's do it okay. live on the air. Okay. Prestige equals, I think, celebrity plus credibility. Because uh, yeah, and trust. Not just the celebrityness, right? Where because that but that's part of it. And people push back from that a lot, but you realize, man, the most famous doctor in the world, you know, Dr. Oz, the most famous chef, Gordon Ramsay, mm-hmm. they're not 
they're not famous and they can't charge whatever they want because they make the best food or they're the best doctor, although they're probably really good, right? Obviously, gorgeous. I think that's really key bad. right there, right? Because they, they could not even be the best, but because they're known and their prestige is there, you think that they're the best. Yes. You know, and that tracks more. I mean, imagine if you're picking between three different people, money wasn't an option and you had three different here we go. People yeah. you could hire and one you had recognition, like, or at least recognition of the things that they're connected to and two that you'd never heard of before. You're naturally going to pick the one that you, there's some recognition. It's just human nature. Yeah. But I never really saw it that way before you and I started working together. Like you truly helped me to embrace that and to really like see that how much value there is in that. And I mean, I think it's a big change. It's a game changer. If, if any, any entrepreneur that would step into that and really see that, like, I even know Ivan Meisner become good friends with him. Um, he, sure. he runs BNI. BNI. Yeah. And he talked about like, that was a big thing for BNI was PR, like prestige, getting that out there, like getting, you know, recognition. Um, and that, that is a really important element. And I, I just feel like that's something I wanted to make sure that we mentioned in this whole speaker, you know, entrepreneurial conversation is that don't underestimate the power of that and, yes. and really be intentional about doing things that can grow your prestige, your, your, you know, being just, um, what's the word you're so good at articulating this. Like you give me the words for that, but you're so good at that. And I think that's something that I really think that people as an entrepreneur world really need to step into that some more. Well, and, and that's why we've incorporated teaching that, you know, for, for a good, what, six months or a year, we had our 10 X advantage speaker program. And of course, guys, you can find out more at 10 X, the number 10, 10 X advantage speaking. No, sorry. It's just 10 X advantage.com even better, even easier. 10xadvantage.com and you can find out about the speaker program but then we realized talking about prestige we created an elite level because so many people were like hey if you're the best kept secret you know in the neighborhood and i said for years jen oh you know me in a room and i'll win over the room because i worked on my craft for the ten thousand hours and i have more than that speaking so i worked on my craft of speaking and if you put me in a room of 50 or 100 people i could win them over and they go oh you're great or you're a good teacher or i want to hire you or whatever the case may be but i was the best kept secret before i went into the room no one knew who i was my reputation didn't precede me so for the last several years i focused on adding the factors and we have factors like is it media you know is it television exposure? Is it print exposure? Uh, famous stages we talk about. That's why we're producing events alongside the U.S. Air Force Academy, the Olympic Training Center, NASA. Doing that and getting a speaker to be booked on a stage like that instantly gives this credibility and celebrity. Plus, you get to share the stage with famous people. You know, it's like share the stage with an astronaut or a colonel or, you know, that just screams to your target audience. You must be the best in the business. Otherwise, you wouldn't be on TV or in Forbes or, you know, on the top podcast or radio show or at this famous stage or again, whatever the prestige is. So we began to do that as well. And that was the needle mover for me, you know, um, and I know you said you started seeing that yourself. I, I see it in two places, one place and we'll kind of wrap up with this. One place is, you know, you get everything you need in 10x advantage by building your signature talk through our eight pillar system. You know, we, that, that's what we teach. And, and then getting booked on the stage. And we give you everything in the program so that you can build your talk, build you as a speaker and have the skill sets and talent and get yourself booked. But the prestige accelerates the process. It makes 100%. it easier to get booked on stage, right? Totally. 
and, and on your in your ideal stages, you know, it's like instead of going around to the I mean, rotary clubs are great. I'm not knocking a rotary club. Don't anyone misunderstand. But there's a lot of like local rotary clubs or local networking groups. Right. And you could go around and speak at all of them. And you should for the practice and for the opportunity and the networking. But it's easier to get booked on a small one. But what if you want to go get booked at, you know, your industry conference with 3000 people? Well, the only people they're going to book, I don't care how good you are at what you do, they're going to book a big name, quote unquote. You know, Dave Ramsey just put on his Entree Leader Summit. You know, you know who he had besides his own in-house people? He had Jocko with a top podcast in the world, Navy SEAL. Um, he had George W. Bush. You know, he had John Maxwell, one of the, the world's number one leadership expert in the world. And it's not necessarily that these are the best leadership people, although, you know, some of them are pretty darn good. It's the names that they built for themselves, the prestige, the brand, and all that's done through media exposure, other stages, you know, I mean, look at the, what would happen if I go to speak on the same stage as George W. Bush, it's like, whoa, hey, I spoke alongside a former president. All of a sudden, I must be as good as I am. And I just beat out all my other speaker trainers because they haven't done that same thing. I haven't done that. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Right. Yeah, that's huge. And, you know, when I look at business, you know, there's four phases my and what I've seen branding which yeah. is where prestige lives right absolutely branding is the first thing that's the foundation what's your message what's your brand you know the prestige all of that then the next phase is marketing that message that brand and generating leads and the next phase is sales selling to those leads and after those three things are cranking then it's scaling but a lot of people are starting in the wrong like place you know they're they're trying to scale and they haven't even like built the brand or any of those you know the marketing the system is still changing the product's still changing There's trying yeah, to scale it. Exactly. So I, I, I just really have come to learn that. And I just want to thank you for that. That that has been definitely something that was a blind spot for me. And I resisted. And just because I had a really a misunderstanding of the application and the and the really the marketing that is there. So I think like for that prestige, it kind of it lives inside branding and it also lives inside marketing. That's brilliant. You know what we should do, Jen? We should actually um, we should do a pop-up mastermind on the four phases of business. I think that could be really, really valuable to dive mm-hmm. into a bit more what do you think absolutely let's just throw it out there live right now Mm -hmm. um so what we're talking about is we also one of the fun things we get to do in our business and you guys can join us with a with it is we run a pop-up mastermind group and this is really fun um the idea came about it's called 10xadvantage.club so it's a private club but because you're a listener of the show you can still get a lifetime free lifetime membership before the prices go back up we're in a beta launch in the first six months or so of this and you can be part of it we run pop-up masterminds and we do it over zoom so we have people joining from all over the world and it's anybody who either speaks for a business or uses speaking to grow their business and we just teach and we interview industry experts and we have a great time doing it so if you head over to 10xadvantage.club you can join the pop-up mastermind we have tv producers we have radio hosts we have actors come and jen and i are going to start doing some that are just straight up teaching like the four phases of business jen you rock you're awesome any final thoughts bumper stickers for your audience. Speak your way to more business and do not underestimate the power of prestige. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't say it better myself. This has been The Driven Entrepreneur with my business partner, Jen Koffel. I'm Matt Browning. We love you, appreciate you. Make sure you follow Jen at Jen Koffel on all social media and head over to 10xadvantage.club to join the free pop-up mastermind group that we run spontaneously just for you, no charge. 
And if you want to find out more about our speaker training, join 10xadvantage.com and find out how we can help you speak your way to more business. That's all the plugs for this week. I'll see you next week with another Driven Entrepreneur. Bye-bye. 